2: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Today's topic is one not just for parents to help our kids, but for us as parents to stop and take a look and think about for ourselves, too, and that is perfectionism. There is a healthy striving for goals, self-improvement, and personal growth. This is a good thing. It's a great thing. But perfectionism is an unhealthy striving for an impossible standard. It comes from a place of feeling not enough. It's the belief that if I look perfect, if I do it perfectly, if I act behave perfectly, then I can avoid shame and judgment. So how do we help our kids develop a healthy sense of striving that comes from an internal motivation to learn, to create, to build, to become, and to show up in the world as their authentic selves and diminish any belief that perfect or perfection is the goal in any facet of their striving? First, I'm going to cover some information about perfectionism, what it looks like, the tendencies, and then I'll get into some ways to help your child develop a healthy mindset for striving while avoiding those perfectionistic tendencies to the degree possible. So here are some interesting findings about perfectionism. Research is so far finding that this trait has more to do with nurture than nature. Now, this doesn't mean that there isn't a a nature part of it. It is definitely sometimes part of the personality or part of our nature. Perfectionistic tendencies are found more in firstborn and only children. Parents with perfectionistic tendencies are more likely to have children that adopt those traits as well. A perfectionist needs to be the best regardless of circumstances or practicality. It's a relentless pursuit for perfection while lacking flexibility to learn from their mistakes. Self-esteem rests strongly in performance and product and the outcome. They tend to suffer more perceived failures and have more self-imposed goals. Now you'll see some of these are positive and some of these are not so positive. They have high expectations of themselves, so they have more failures or perceived failures because they tend to do more, try more, push more. It may not be a true failure though, say they get an A minus on a project that was actually the highest grade in the class, or they can't let go of a project or idea that isn't quite the way they wanted it to look or come out. Which can also turn into an obsessiveness, they get caught up in the product, they lose sight of the things that are equally important, the things that they learned, how amazing the product and the project actually is or looks. Most people go through stages of perfectionism. The concern comes in when it becomes a consistent pattern. Research shows that children who are in the gifted range, they're very high verbal, high intellectual functioning, identify with high potential and push themselves can be more prone to perfectionistic tendencies as well. Research shows that people can fall into three different categories. The non-perfectionist, which is 30 to 40% of the population. They also tend to be more distractible, a little more disorganized, and have broad interests. Healthy perfectionistic, 45 to 55%, they're organized, they have high personal standards, they're very agreeable, they're extroverted, they're conscientious, and they're flexible in the product or the outcome. They recognize a good effort without going overboard. And then the perfectionistic is 10 to 15%, They have perceived criticism where there may not be any, they have a fear of mistakes, they're anxious, disagreeable, and where the tendency gets in the way of the participation in the project or the enjoyment of the process of doing the project. Parents who focus on outcomes, the goal, they're grade-oriented, do increase the chance of a child developing perfectionistic tendencies. So what do these tendencies look like? How do they manifest? They can manifest in procrastination. This is an avoidance of fear or failure. It's different than procrastinating because one doesn't feel like doing it. This is procrastination because what if it doesn't come out the way I wanted? What if it's not perfect? And so they avoid or they put off doing the project. They're afraid it won't be completely perfect. They get stuck in analysis paralysis it can also look like thoroughness. It's an obsessive inclusion of detail, an inability to differentiate the important parts of the project from the unimportant details. And so they will continue working and working and working on something. A child will have difficulty terminating the project or the task, and they will keep working to the point of frustration and/or exhaustion. They may have a tendency to hold on to things like clutter. They may have social difficulty because of a fear of failure, fear in the social situation, because they need to be correct. They can often be critical of those who make mistakes and they don't want others to see their mistakes or their emotions, especially if they got upset. They are wanting to look right all of the time. And then there's repetition. They will repeatedly throw away assignments before they're finished, starting over and over because they made a mistake. You may see this in playing an instrument. They may start the song over because they made a mistake and go back again and again. Now, I'm going to talk about what to do in each of these. If you see these traits showing up, how to handle each of these when I get into the next section of what to do. So although they're not the same thing, there is a lot of overlap. So I really feel like it's important to mention these terms here, the fixed versus the growth mindset. A fixed mindset is a thought process that intelligence is fixed. There's a huge fear of failure, and this is where perfectionism and fixed mindset will overlap. Where they don't overlap is that with a lot of perfectionistic tendencies, they may also have a fear of failure, but it might look different, it's a different reason, and so they keep striving for perfection. Whereas someone with a fixed mindset will stop striving altogether because they see a failure or a perceived failure as a personal flaw or a shortcoming. Now, someone with perfectionistic tendencies may also have a fixed mindset but they also may not. Then they may keep going back after because they want to stri- They want to get it right. So they may still keep going back. Whereas A fixed mindset person may just do a short stop and be done. And they will think if I get a bad grade or I don't perform well, it's because I'm not smart enough or I'm not talented enough. I can't improve. So it's best to just not try at all. I'm just going to avoid that failure altogether. Whereas the perfectionistic person will try to cover up their failure, but they will keep trying to try to get to that perfectionistic place. A growth mindset is someone who sees their intelligence, their skills, their talents as fluid with room for improvement. A result that is less than the goal that they had set up in the beginning is a problem to be solved. What can I do differently or better the next time? Growth mindset people have a lot of resilience so they don't take the failure personally. So a perfectionistic person generally does not have a growth mindset. They're not going to go together because it's not a personal shortcoming or flaw. The other interesting thing about the two mindsets and perfectionistic tendencies is that the same way we build a growth mindset is a lot of the same way we would go about reducing or minimizing perfectionistic tendencies. So we can create a great healthy mindset for striving without the downside that comes with the perfectionistic tendencies. So now to be clear, perfectionism can often go along with a fixed mindset, they can go together. And perfectionism will not go with a growth mindset ever. But perfectionistic tendency also does not mean a totally fixed mindset either. It could be somewhere in the middle, does not necessarily mean they have a fixed mindset. They will still keep going back and trying to improve, which a fixed mindset person will not. Okay. So, but we can nip both of these. We can take care of both of these things in one fell swoop, which is awesome. I'm going to cover a lot of great ways of, that you can do just this right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply.
1: Now that we're back,
2: here are some great ways to reduce and minimize perfectionistic tendencies and also build a growth mindset at the same time. First, use positive discipline. This is, for everything I talk about, I know I talk about this a lot, but this really is the best foundation for so many things, including reducing perfectionism and reducing uh, the fixed mindset and helping with the growth mindset. Why? Because the message deeply ingrained in positive discipline is that mistakes are simply opportunities to learn. It removes the shame around trying to be perfect. It lets our kids know that no one is perfect. We simply learn and strive to do better. This is part of being human. This is part of the practice that we are here to support them through as they learn and practice and get new skills, and continue to improve. We also wanna use intrinsic motivation instead of extrinsic motivation. What does this mean? How do we do this exactly? Well, first, it means steering clear of reward systems altogether. Star charts, sticker charts, earning prizes, earning outings, food rewards for good behavior or jobs well done or good grades or performance in sports, or music, or anything else. If it's going out for dinner after a game, totally different. If it's something that's earned for a job well done, or, or getting so many goals, or anything like that, or getting a good grade, then that's a reward system. We wanna steer clear of that. These are extrinsic motivators. They teach kids to do for the reward, not for the internal motivation of learning a new skill, or growing their independence. What happens with this is also that children then need bigger and bigger rewards to get the same result. You gotta start getting them bigger and bigger things. No longer the pizza party's gonna do it. Now you gotta up the ante. Words of approval are also extrinsic
1: motivators.
2: Great job, you got an A, I'm so proud of you. I know this sounds counterintuitive and I don't want you thinking you can't praise your child ever. So bear with me while I walk you through this so you can have a better understanding. And then you can be more selective in how and when you use phrases that are more extrinsic than intrinsic motivators. When we use phrases like great job, you did amazing, you got an A, you scored three goals, it focuses on the outcome and sends the message that the goal is the A the three goals, it also conditions them to do for the positive judgment of the other, in most cases, the parent. Meaning, it is my judgment that you are amazing. It's my judgment that you did a great job. It's my judgment that I'm proud of you. So they start working for that to make you proud, to make you feel like they did amazing. We don't want them doing that. So you can probably start to see how this can set up some extrinsic motivators, I want to please my parent. I want the praise. And the other piece, the goal is the A. I have to get the A or score the goals. What happens when I struggle with a subject and I don't get the A? Or we have a tough opponent and I don't score any goals in the game? How down on myself am I going to be about that? Will my parent not be proud of me or praise me for the outcome? This pushes for perfectionism. I have to work harder to get that outcome, I'm going for the outcome, I'm going for the perfectionism, or a fixed mindset. This subject is too tough, if I can't get an A, I might as well not try at all. This opponent was too tough, and I guess I'm just not as good at this sport as I thought I was. I might as well not try, I might as well quit. Again, this doesn't mean no praise ever. I'm gonna get to when and how in a moment, but first in general, most of the time we wanna focus on the effort. You played really hard this game. You have improved so much in this past month. You studied really hard for that test. This focuses on the process. Then you want to add on to it. You can then say, I'm so proud of you. You did amazing. So for example, you worked really hard on that test and it shows. You played really hard today and I'm so proud of you. You've worked really hard on your music. You are playing the song with so much fewer mistakes than last week, or you're able to now play it faster than you could play it last week. An example, my older son, now 13, he played in his end of year orchestra concert. Now this kid couldn't play or read a single note last August when he first started and got put into orchestra, which was his third choice for elective, but he's become a really good violin player. And I was so proud. I literally cried throughout almost the entire concert. Every song he played, my eyes welled up with tears because I was so proud. When it was over, of course I told him I'm proud of him, but it's also not something he hears from me very often. So this is the really cool thing, right? Because when he does hear me say it, he knows it's something special. He knows it's above and beyond. He knows I really mean it, and it means something to him when he hears me say that. Here's some more things you can do. You want to have high expectations for success without the pressure. This means focusing on the effort, the time spent practicing their musical instrument, the effort put into studying or reading or researching or sports practice, but without the expectation for the outcome of getting the A or the highest grade or scoring goals or winning the game or playing a piece of music perfectly. It's an attitude of Do your best. You want to use scaffolding to help children set goals and assist them in meeting that goal. Scaffolding is supporting them without telling them what to do or doing it for them. We only support them in ways they really need us to if they won't be able to do it without our help. Let them try on their own or see how far they can get or ask them what parts they need your help with or get them started and let them go. Let them try. Let them struggle some, let them get frustrated and try to work their way through it, whatever it is. Building a train track and getting pieces to meet up when they're four years old. Researching their history paper on their own at 14, but without going past the point where the frustration is overwhelming. It's a fine line and you won't always be perfect or judge the line perfectly and that's okay. But allowing children to experience some frustration and move through it builds that very important skill of frustration tolerance. This is a big antidote to perfectionism. They learn, I know things won't always be easy, but I know I am resourceful and capable and I can figure it out. This is what we're helping them build. This skill is so important in life because life will bring a lot of frustration. We do them so much good when they learn how to deal with that frustration and move through it when they are still with us and have us there for support rather than trying to get out on their own and not having that skill at all and just floundering and giving up left and right. They will succeed in school, in careers, in starting a business if they choose to do that. They have so many more skills to be able to do that in relationships because they learned that skill with us. They learned how to fall down and pick themselves back up again, and that they aren't just okay, but they're actually even better for it. Focus on the process and the effort, how to get there rather than the outcome. I've already touched on this, but let's just say your child has a goal of making a certain sports team or a cut for a swim time or you name it. Play a certain piece of music, whatever that is. Help them set the goals in between. What skills do they need to improve to make that team or finish that piece of music? How much time are they going to practice each skill and how many days a week? What else do they need? Some private lessons, some tutoring, if it's for school, what can you offer towards that goal? If you can't give them the tutor or the private lessons, what other resources are available? What could they do to earn some money to help pay for that, to reach their goal? For example, My son's school was going to Washington, D.C. for a school trip, and he really wanted to go. His dad and I told him we would pay for half, but he had to earn the rest. We helped him come up with a bunch of ideas how a 13-year-old could make money on the side. One of those ideas is playing his violin in a touristy area. I mean, we live in San Diego, about 15 minutes from the beach. There's a lot of touristy areas. He could go over and play his violin for money. He could test out different areas, times of day for tips. So there's a lot of amazing ways kids can make money to help them reach their goals. So you want to help kids get creative if they need or want a resource or experience you can't or don't want to pay for 100%. If your kids are really struggling with their work, encourage them to focus on completion, not perfection. What will it look like when it's done? Help them to visualize that help them break it down into manageable goals, and help them break down studying in general if this is something they struggle with. Also for a child who continues to work and work and work towards perfection on a project, you can be specific about what the end point is and each point in between. Set one or two main goals working from the outlines, help them reduce the clutter, help them get organized, help them decide how much time for the task and stick with it. So when the time is up, they're done. We don't stay up until midnight or 2 a.m. working. We stop at 10 p.m. and we go to bed and we're satisfied with the hard work we put in. Help them recognize a lack of perfection in everyone. No one is perfect and everyone has different skills. No one set of skills is better than the other, but it makes each of us unique and valuable. Take small steps in social situations. Model and encourage your child to say, I don't know. It's okay not to know, and it's certainly okay not to know everything. Encourage and model admitting errors and mistakes. Avoid comparisons between siblings and have an overall attitude that it's okay to get things wrong and make mistakes, to not know everything. When you get a lot of repetition, that's I'm not doing it right, they crumple it up and throw it away, you want to get the child to complete the task. Finish the assignment and then go back and review it. Finish the piano song and then go back and review it or work on trouble spots. And we want to avoid criticizing the repetition because all that does is bring on more repetition. We want to look at our own perfectionistic tendencies and notice how they manifest. What do we do? What internal thoughts do we have about ourselves that feeds into the perfectionistic tendencies We want to try to call ourselves out on these. Now, I did an episode on shame recently. It's episode number 285. And since perfectionistic tendencies are so often about the shame we're trying to avoid, the judgment we're trying to avoid about who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to show up, what we're supposed to look like, if this is something that you struggle with, you may want to check out that episode because I dug pretty deep into shame, into shame triggers, and building shame resilience. So those are things you can work on for yourself, and then things you can also help teach your kids. If you want to follow on social, I'm at Your Village Online on Instagram and Your Village on Facebook. On the Instagram account, I've been doing videos three to four times a week with little tips and tools for parenting hacks. If you want to know more about positive discipline, growth mindset and perfectionism, helping your children through the homework process and you want to check out a sample video of any of the 60 classes, you can find those on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you
0: next week. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from the Nards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boy's DuraClean interior paint and primer in one offers Stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-